Welcome to The Individualist with David C. Bass discussing world United States politics, political theory, and individual liberty from an individualist perspective. Hey, and welcome to episode three. So I'm going to be discussing two things today. One of them, as you can see in the title, is in fact the tiny house movement. The other one is what I mentioned last week as a question that's been popping up in libertarian circles a lot. So if you don't care about the uh, libertarian questions or politics, just head over to the three-minute mark. You'll skip all of that stuff. Still here? Okay, that means you do care about what I mentioned last week, which is the question of whether or not rent is theft. And this comes from people who consider themselves to be left libertarians. I don't like the term left libertarian or right libertarian. I think we should all just like freedom. That's just how it should be. Um, and the reason why the left libertarians, so-called left libertarians, uh, ask this question, it is a question of what property is. And that's why I think this question is really important. But I myself do not consider rent to be theft. Now, to clarify, I also don't believe that <laughs> that property is just a question of, oh, the government says that you own this place by matter of a few pieces of paper that you sign your name on. Now it's yours. I, I don't think that counts as being uh, property, simply put by that. Um, I think that property goes deeper. I think if you go into the forest and you find a place that has just unused land, a bunch of forestry trees and stuff like that, and you start to build a house and then you occupy it, then it's yours because you occupied it, you use it, and you added labor to it to make it yours. But if you simply base it off of occupancy and use, then somebody could essentially come in, kick that person out, uh, and then move in there and then claim it as theirs, even though they technically actually forced somebody out, they stole it from the person who originally owned it. So I feel like the question of property, if property even exists, um, to make sense, we also would have to add a voluntary exchange between the previous owner and the new owner. A voluntary exchange that essentially says, hey, I'm giving you full responsibility and ownership of this place that was previously mine, and I'm going to find some other place to live, essentially. Um, but that's not what happens with rent. With rent, it is typically a question of, hey, I'm giving you this small spot of this place that I either bought and paid for or made, um, and yes, you're going to occupy it, uh, but I still maintain a good portion of the responsibility so they fix the sink and all these different things, and they do all these different things around the house. Uh, so it's not officially the property of the tenant. And y'all can disagree with me in the comment section. Actually, that's fine. That's perfect. I want to have this discussion so I can understand this question a lot better than I understand it right now. So what does the tiny house movement have to do with rent? I think it has everything to do with rent. To understand why, you have to understand what the tiny house movement is. It's something that started a while back, but it's really kicked off since 2008. And the idea was to be bringing these small, simple, and affordable houses for people who either A, just wanted to downsize, or B, genuinely cannot afford a kind of larger house that we're used to in America, the average house being like 2,000 square feet and uh, like $100,000, and you have to get a loan from the bank to buy that. But this is something that you can genuinely afford. And I've seen tiny houses going as low as $1,200, but typically they're in the realm of, I think, $10,000, $15,000. And yeah, that sounds like a lot, but it's a lot easier of a thing to move towards than something that's $100,000 and that you can just say, oh, I could never imagine that I could get towards that point because uh, I am just renting right now. And that's why they rent, because it's cheap. But it also presents an issue, that issue being that 
the tenant doesn't have full control of what they can do on the property. They have to go to the landlord to ask all kinds of questions. What kind of pets can I have? Can I do this on the walls? What can I do? But you don't have to ask those questions when it's your own house. And that's the kind of issue that the tiny house movement is, in part at least, trying to solve. Just to clarify, by tiny, I've seen sizes of tiny houses being anywhere from 65 square feet at the smallest um, to like 900 square feet. And you can do a lot more with that area than you might think. This has the capacity to change everything. And not just the question of people who don't have uh, the money to afford a larger house and can now afford a house because of the tiny house movement, but also this can have an incredible impact on the homelessness situation. We have 500 thousand and more homeless people in the United States right now. And this tiny house movement has actually been doing an incredible job with them. <clears throat> Here's an example. So reason.com has a video, if you want to look it up, um, about a guy in LA uh, who's a musician by the name of Elvis Summers, who was looking around at the situation that's in LA and realized that there are a ton of homeless people in LA um, who just don't have any place to live. They're on the streets. Uh, they don't have any roof over their head unless they go to a homeless shelter. And it's an epidemic. Uh, so he's like, I don't want to just uh, send them towards a homeless shelter. I want to do something for them that will actually change their life. So he starts crowdfunding, and he gets about $100,000. He gets people who are willing to give up their private uh, property, at least portions of their private property, for them to live on. Uh, he buys up those pri private property pieces uh, and he starts building like these $1,200 homes. They're not much. They're essentially just four walls, a window, a roof, a bathroom, uh, and a bed. And he starts giving them out to the homeless people and they don't have to pay for them because it's crowdfunded, but they have their own place. And you just get to see this joy on these people's faces. They're just so excited by the fact they finally have their own house. They're independent in at least one way. Um, and they're just so excited about it. They have their own place. Uh, they're not on the side of the streets anymore. They have their own slab of land. Um, eventually, the local government of L.A. Uh, decided that they couldn't do that anymore. So the people who were living there previously went back to their thing of either living on the streets or living in tents um, because the city decided it was unsafe. Um, even though they were on private property. So I don't really quite get that. But this isn't just about the homeless um, or about people who are renting. It's about just average, ordinary, everyday people uh, and giving them the ability to have control of their lives. And I think this is an excellent way uh, to help people who need it rather than just uh, giving them food or going to a homeless shelter um, or doing stuff in the local community. It's about making something that helps people and that lasts permanently rather than something that's just a temporary fix. Uh, I don't think as a Christian we are called to just uh, continually make temporary fixes. I think we are called to change people's lives for the better, and I think that this is a way to do that. Like I said, not just for homeless people, but also for people who need their own place, uh, who need the situation in their life changed on a more permanent uh, scale, you know. So I would suggest to people who are really interested in a matter of personal freedom, who are currently doing rentals and stuff, start looking up uh, tiny houses. Tiny house listings is really good for that. If you're really concerned about helping people who are homeless, start looking up things like Community First. Start looking up uh, other things like the Village of Hope in 
Fresno, California, Cass Community in Detroit, there's the Cottages at Hickory Crossing in Dallas, Texas, My Tiny House Project, I mentioned that during this episode, it's in LA, um, Infinity Village in Nashville. There's all sorts of different places that are doing things like this where you get the opportunity to really change people's lives for the better. A way to change your lives forever. With that being said, this has been The Individualist with episodes on Saturdays at 3 p.m. talking about freedom, individual liberty, Jesus, and local news. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>